Welcome in, 9 o'clock. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Jim Harbaugh out of the running to be the Broncos' next head coach after uh, he informed Greg Penner yesterday, Broncos CEO, that uh, he is staying at Michigan. So Dan Quinn, Sean Payton, who's the coach you think would do the best job coaching the Broncos? Got some thoughts on that. Also, was last night the last time we'll see Tom Brady play? I think most definitely with Tampa Bay. I don't know. I I got a feeling last night, though, watching, I mean, how that game went at times. He's still, the numbers were still respectable. Yeah. But you just got a sense watching last night that Brady Brady started to look like a guy that's in his Mm mid-40s. More than he has at any other time. Yeah, he can no longer shoulder a team and will a team on his own through the playoffs. He needs an offensive line. He needs a running game, and he got neither really last night. Which, does he go to the Raiders? That has, if they can keep Josh Jacobs, that gives him a running game. He's got some fun targets there, most notably Devontae Adams and a coach that knows him well and Josh McDaniels, so... Got some thoughts on that today. Text or call us 970-242-1340. It is the 9 o'clock hour on Tuesday. It's Mav Day. We talk with Colorado Mesa coaches and athletes. Coming up, we'll talk with Maverick baseball coach Chris Hanks, also the head coach of the CMU men's basketball team, coming off the big, big win last Friday at uh, then number 3 Black Hills State. Mike DeGeorge will join us right now. Joining us on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, she's the head coach of the CMU softball team, Mercedes Boat, he joins us from Mercedes. We appreciate the time. How are you? Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, season fast approaching February 3rd. We'll get into that in just a moment. But uh, looking back at last season, you know, another incredible season in terms of, of your record, 45-9 and nine last year. Uh, unfortunately, in the RMAC tournament, you fell to Metro State uh, to, to knock you out of the tournament and uh, kept you from advancing on in the, uh, the D2 uh, tournament and, and the regionals. But kind of take us through last year a little bit and maybe some of the lessons your team learned from last year that you hope you can kind of build on some things you can you can improve upon from last season. Um, well, definitely losing in the RMAC tournament uh, cut our season shorter than we thought. And uh, we're all still a little bitter um, from that, but we're using it as a motivation to really prepare ourselves a little bit better this year. Um, we know that, you know, our first couple weekends – are really important for those regional rankings. Um, we did okay last year, but we need to do a little bit better with that. And we just got to win when it comes to playoffs. Um, we've done really well in RMAC um, for the past many years, and we're confident with that. But you can't let nerves get the best of you, and uh, we need the whole team to support each other and do well, and um, you know, success will be easy. Mercedes Boti, coach of the Mavericks softball team, with us on the Team Sports Network. And uh, a couple of your top hitters from last year are, are local products with uh, Maya Arietta from, uh, from Central High School, from that uh, really good program out there. Likewise, Fruital Monument and, and Brandy Haller. Uh, Maya last year at 377. Uh, last year, uh, Brandy hit 367 for you. Those two players are back, and two uh, centerpieces as part of your lineup goes. Yeah, those 
those are great uh, pieces of our lineup. Um, it's nice to have local talent. It doesn't always happen. Uh, we have quite a few on our team this year. Kind of a good crop, um, which is awesome. Um, Maya's looking great at second base. She's just a uh, stellar, hardworking kid. Um, Brandy's one of our captains. Um, she leads on and off the field and is awesome in the outfield for us. As far as new additions for the team, uh, Olivia Litson is one of them uh, from Central High School, another one of those local players that, that you referenced that uh, uh, certainly has a, a promising future for uh, the Mavericks softball team. But uh, kind of take us through some of the young players you hope will will make contributions this season. Um, yeah, Olivia, she really just joined us um, basically on Friday when we started practicing. Um, catcher hits left-handed. Um, it's great to have another lefty hitter in our lineup. Um, and she's kind of just uh, easing right in with the mix. Um Kennedy um, on the mound for us, uh, big, hard-throwing pitcher. Um, she's still learning a lot. Um, she's just been super talented um, growing up and um, really still adjusting to our level. Um, she's going to get a lot of innings for us, and we have a great defense behind her, so I think that helps um, kind of ease her in there. Um, we still got Aislinn Sharp, um, who was also a Central High School kid, a lot of Central High School um, kids on our team um she'll be at second base and third base for us this year so kind of a utility kid um she's really excited for her for her last season with us um and then another pitcher um marissa nem um she definitely has uh gotten a lot better this last year in the fall really um worked hard and um improved her pitches and made herself a little bit unique on our staff and it's definitely going to help us out in the circle Cotter Mesa softball coach Mercedes Boti with us today on the Team Sports Network. Uh, Paige Adair, Ellie Smith, uh, Shay Mauser, uh, they were all uh, tremendous arms for you previously. You got a lot of talent you got to replace when it comes uh, to those that, that step into the pitching circle. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Those three, um, they were with us, you know, for four years altogether, and um, they really progressed as they got through it. And um, they were awesome, and we broke some records with them um, as a staff. Um, the nice thing is we have a ton of returners on defense um, and some great hitters returning. So uh, it's not all on our pitchers this year. You know, it'd be great to still have that, that two ERA as a team. Um, we don't need that this year. We're going to score enough runs. Um, we just need to make the plays on defense. We'll have some spectacular ones mixed in there. But um, it's, you know, it's not all on them. Um, it's going to be a little different, you know, with three new pitchers this year. But uh, I'm confident we're still going to do really well. Mercedes Boti, coach of the CMU softball team, with us today on the Team Sports Network. And when it comes to mentoring those young pitchers, as you mentioned, you lost three seniors in Adair Smith and, and Mauser. Uh, who who's there now? Mercedes, to kind of mentor the Kennedy Visses, those young pitchers that you have. Um, well, I work with the pitchers on the team, so I'm with them kind of every day. But we have um, two older catchers. Um, we have a, tr- a grad transfer. Um, from Tarleton State, uh, who's been at D1 for a couple years, and um, she's awesome. She's kind of the, the mom of the team because um, she's definitely the oldest one. Um, and then we have Allie Disler, and they may not be the best with uh, you know pitching mechanics, but they're great at demonstrating and really just helping those those young ones out, and those young ones really look up to those players because they've been really successful in their careers. To start the season, you go to Concordia, you go out to California, the Concordia kickoff classic. That's February 3rd, uh, Cal State Monterey Bay, Cal State East Bay's playing in that uh, in that tournament as well. Uh, Dominican University, San Francisco State, 
So kind of take us through that that kickoff classic because it is fast approaching the start of the season for Maverick softball. I know it's uh, pretty close, which is kind of uh, crazy to be to be so close to first games. Um, we went to that tournament last year. Um, all our games, I think the ones that we lost were all within one run uh, or two runs. So um, we know what that competition is like uh, and really how to prepare ourselves a little bit better for that. Um, those California schools tend to have um, some better pitching, um, not as big as hitters, uh, kind of like our conference is definitely more of a hitting conference than a pitching conference. So um, we're just preparing ourselves to be able to, you know, be a little strategic on the bases, um, do different things to kind of push, you know, one or two runs across that it doesn't necessarily have to be the big hit. Um, a lot of our hits last year were about five feet short from going over. Um, ball doesn't carry as far when you're at sea level. We, we all kind of figured that out. So, um, but some good competition um, and great weather. Facilities are great there, so it's a really nice place to play in. And as we're practicing, when it's 30 degrees, we just say, hey, you know, in two, two and a half weeks, you know, we'll be in 60-degree sunny weather in California. <laughs> little, little <laughs> and it all makes them smile. Exactly. A little California dreaming on a, on a winter's right. day here in, in Grand Junction, thinking about uh, the start of the season out in Concordia, California. And then you go from, from California to Texas after that, the West Texas Invitational, February 10th with uh, A&M Kingsville. West Texas A&M, got some history at that program. Eastern New Mexico, playing in that as well. From a regional standpoint, that's a really important tournament when you head to Texas. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, we need to go back to Texas. We haven't been there in many years. Um, I think we had some bad blood because we didn't play really well back there. Uh, when our team uh, wasn't as successful, um, our whole team culture has changed, and obviously we win a lot of games now, so it's It'll be nice to go back, um, see those regional opponents, um, and that's really what it is. Um, go play those region teams. It'll be nice to play some of those team, good teams twice um, and really learn a little bit more about them, you know, get that kind of immediate scouting, that good information, and be able to, to use it against them um, and use it for us, you know, in our favor. And, of course, Maverick women open up the season at home when they play Fort Lewis. Uh, that's February uh, 18th, by the way, over at uh, the Bergman Softball Complex. So, chance to watch Maverick Softball February 18th when they open up our MAC play against Fort Lewis. Mercedes, I always appreciate the time. I know we'll talk more uh, down the road. Thanks and uh, good luck. And uh, and certainly, I know you guys are looking forward to that, that trip to California to warm up. We appreciate the time as always. Yes, thanks for having me. All right, Mercedes Boti, the coach of the Cotarona Mesa softball team. Impressive uh, year last year disappointing though because they certainly did not expect their season to come to an end in the armac tournament uh, after that loss to metro state all right 9 11 jim along with uh buckeye boy today buckeye boy gonna be gone for a week next week yes going to st martin's correct yep, absolutely it's gonna be so much fun now how many is this your first trip out of the country uh as an adult yes as a child where as did a you go child we went through uh, Canada to Niagara Falls. Okay, that's that's an allegedly. I don't remember because I was so young. So technically, not my first trip out of the country, but really is first trip though, like airplane. Yeah, really first going international flight, that whole deal. So, you excited about that? Yes, absolutely. I love flying. I don't like taking off or landing, but I love flying. See, I for me, I I'm a weirdo. I love I love the takeoff, I do. 
love that. I love that feeling. Don't know why. No. <laughs> Statistically, not a fan of takeoffs and landings. If you know what I mean. Gotcha. Don't want to say it out loud because I'm the guy that jinx stuff. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Just yeah. Don't. Right. It's not. Have you say too much more than that? Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it though. It's going to be a good time. Now there, there's a reason you want to go there. Because uh, there's a couple of reasons why. Yeah. Maho Beach. Okay. I want to go to Maho Beach if you've seen it. It looks photoshopped with how low the planes fly over this particular beach to land on the runway at Princess Juliana International Airport down there. And then when they take off, if the winds are right, they have to, you know, sit right at the very edge of the runway, which is less than a football field away from the water. And people stand there, and the jets... They hit the gas essentially, and blow people into the ocean. And <laughs> which is kind of that's, that's exactly cool. what I want to do. Yeah, just knock me onto my butt and go tumbling like a tumbleweed—a very pale, fat tumbleweed—right into the ocean. Think that'll be pretty cool. Yeah, I think I think you're it'll be a good it'll time. be really fun. Yeah, I've I've never been there. Never let's see been England, Scotland, mm-hmm. Canada now once. Mexico two or three times. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward at some point mm-hmm. to, to going someplace. You know, it's kind of tropical, Caribbean, you yeah. know, that kind of kind of environment. It's, it's the some, smallest some island point. shared by two nations. That's pretty the cool. The Dutch and the French. The Dutch are my people, historically. So that's, that's another reason why it's going to be cool. We're taking a day trip to Anguilla, which is British. So technically three different countries on this trip. We're going to search around trying to get a passport stamp just for fun. Well, cool. So, I think you're going to yeah. have a great time. You're going to have gonna a lot of fun. It's going to be a good time. We fly out Friday afternoon. We get there Saturday midday. It'll be a good time. All right. Well, enjoy yourself. I will. So uh, Cake will be in all next week yes. with me. One of our excursions is a going to have an open bar with complimentary rum punch. Ooh. So. I know you have an affinity for the rum. Yes, I do. I uh, got a text. Hey, boys, it's Bradley over at Central. Is that our, uh, our, our buddy, buddy Greg Wenzel's yeah. stepson, Bradley, who helps coach at Central, uh, helps coach of the wrestling team. I was hoping to get our information out for our wrestling duel tomorrow night. Seventh-ranked Central takes on Grand Junction at Central, 6 o'clock tomorrow night. So get out. Warriors, they're off to an incredible mm-hmm. start this year for Clint Trujillo. Yeah, they're pretty good. And for Bradley as well. Good morning, yeah. Bradley. Good to hear from you, man. Uh, let's see. I think we're pretty much caught up at the moment. I think we are. We'll take a break. We'll come back. And the skipper, Chris Hanks, coach of the CMU baseball team, will join us next on the Jim Davis Show. I'm a big sports addict. I like sports. 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 This is the Jim Davis Show on the team. 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. 102.1 FM, Delta Montrose. Talking CMU baseball with Mav skipper Chris Hanks on the team. Joining us right now on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. He is the head coach of the Maverick baseball team, Chris Hanks. Chris, good morning. How you doing? I'm great, guys. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. We should start out with a congratulations to you, by the way. Uh, named the NCAA Division II Chair of the American Baseball Coaches Association. A very distinguished honor. It's a three-year term, by the way, with an option to be re-elected, re-elected after for an additional three years. What does this mean for you, Chris, to, to, to reach this position to be the chair of the ABCA? 
Well, it's actually, uh, it, it gives an opportunity to have a voice. It, it, it allows me to be on the um, executive committee for all of college baseball, um, all the different divisions and levels. And as you try to make policy or make the game better, or make improvements and adjustments, it gives you a voice. And, uh, you know, I guess it would give me a chance to try to advance uh, Division Two baseball a little bit in all regards from how the World Series is conducted to, again, policy, procedure, and, and things of that nature that, uh, you know, can just make the game better. So you've been to, to three World Series. Uh, four. What, I'm sorry, four. Excuse me. Thank you. It's it's Tuesday, Chris. <laughs> it's my Monday. It's four. Don't, don't, don't take a World Series from me. I'm today. sorry. I bet ten. You've been to ten. Let's just give you ten. Uh, I wish. <laughs> I'm hoping for you, maybe. You know, get really hot here the next uh, several years. Who knows? But uh, you've been to four now. And now that you're in this position, you said to, to suggest changes to things like the World Series. What would be some of those things you might suggest uh, now that you're you're the chair of the ABCA? Well, quite honestly, you know, I just came off being on the National Selection Committee um, uh, for Division Two, which whether, you know, in 19, which was my first year, we were there playing, so I didn't really get to be on the committee. And then 2020 was COVID. There wasn't one. So the last two years when we haven't qualified, I've had I've gone out there and you know, there are some things, uh, you know, the, the committee works with the Greater Raleigh uh, Sports Commission along with USA Baseball and the NCAA because the event is held, uh, you know, at the uh, base, USA Baseball Training Complex. And what I've been trying to convince them is to model the Ju- Junior College World Series. There's some very simple things they can get going out there that would help the attendance, which is an issue because it's, you know, anytime you start something in a new place, it takes a while to, or to gain traction. But something as simple as getting the uh, the, the service uh, organizations involved hosting teams, I've recommended that, and they, they haven't uh, moved with that yet. This gives me more ability to, uh, you know, get some small changes like that going and get them on the way to having a long, sta- sustainable event, which does draw and which is a big deal to that town of Cary. Cover Mesa baseball coach Chris Hanks with us today on the Team Sports Network. So the uh, preseason uh, rankings are out. Collegiate Baseball newspaper has their their top 40 D2 schools uh, voted by the coaches of each of the eight NCAA Division II regions. And uh, you're the number 15 team in the nation, 43-17 and 17 last year, 10th straight RMAC uh, conference title, 13th straight trip to the NCAA tournament, 21st appearance overall, so uh, a sensational year once again last year for your Maverick baseball team. We're so accustomed to you being a top-five team, sometimes even a top-three team, but considering who you've lost, just just a few guys like, I don't know, Hayden McGeary, Caleb Farmer, Spencer Bramwell, some, some pretty important bats in your lineup that I don't think it's a big surprise that when you lose that kind of talent, you're probably not going to be a, a, a top five team in the in the first uh, rankings of the season. Yeah, I mean, and quite honestly, uh, I was surprised we were even as high as 15. So, uh, not that you know that's a promotional poll; it has no bearing on anything other than publicity. But yeah, I was a little bit surprised we were that high uh, with you know the, the losses that you mentioned, which you know accounted. Those guys helped account for a lot of our wins over the last four or five years. And um, so, 
you know, moving into this year, we do have a we have a new team positionally. We have seven of our nine starters will be brand new, um, you know, and our pitching staff will be retooled a little bit, but I think for the better. Uh, and so this, we embark on a, a new challenge, and along with that, I think we maybe have the toughest early season schedule to begin the year that we've ever had in my time here. And like I said, I mean, you look at who you've lost. I mean, a, a Hayden McGarry, you know, National Player of the Year, Caleb Farmer, uh, you know, Spencer Bramwell, Johnny Carr, you know, that, that are just, you know, were, were key, you know, guys for you. Chase Hamilton, who was such a big yep. part of your middle infield, Jordan Stubbings at, at first base, that, you know, and Matthew Turner in the outfield. And I mean, now there's this pressure on a guy like Harrison Rogers, Julian Boyd, guys that, that played a lot for you last year that are those. Returning guys, Conrad Villaforte, you know, back as well. So, I mean, now it falls to those guys to be some of your offensive leaders in 2023. Yeah, you know, and I, I don't uh, – we're going to be a little different style team. We're going to dial back the clock to, you know, 2013-14 through probably about 19 uh, when we uh, stole more bases, we bunted more often, we – really played the execution game of manufacturing runs, uh, uh, you know. And those were the teams that uh, made it to the World Series and did well when they got there. So we'll be tooled up a little more for that style of play, more so than the grip it and rip it, hit doubles and home runs. At least that's what I believe right now. So as we start this year, you know, that's more kind of the focus and how we're going to attempt to build this team. Godwin Mesa baseball coach Chris Hanks with us today on the Team Sports Network and a couple other guys that saw time last year that uh, will certainly, I think, you know, we'll see more uh, more innings this year as well. Stevenson Reynolds, former Palisade Bulldog, Robert Sherrar, a couple of guys that hit over 300 last year in, uh, you know, in the, the limited duty that they had. And so those are two guys, once again, Chris, that you're going to hope to see growth and improvement here in 2023 from those two. Yeah, you know, there's a host of those kids that backed up all the players that you had mentioned earlier that, you know, probably should have played more. We probably should have played them more uh, last year. Uh, and those are kids that in many cases have waited two years now uh, to get their opportunity to shine and be a start in a starting role. Uh, and they handled themselves very gracefully and uh, as a team player, as a backup, as a role player. And now they have the opportunity to step to the forefront. So, you know, it's added a little freshness, some excitement within our organization. Those kids are, you know, really excited to play. Uh, and, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll be better. It, you just don't know. We'll be a different style, and we have new faces, but I can tell you we have good people. Godwin Mesa, baseball coach Chris Hanks with us today on the Team Sports Network looking at your pitching from last year. You, you lose some guys that uh, you know threw a lot of innings for you. Were, were really great parts of the rotation and bullpen with with a guy like Ryan Day, most notably. Uh, but Cannon Handy last year, uh, you know, had a, a sensational season for you. Uh, Blake Rom also uh, pitched really well for you last year. There's some guys that return in that uh, in that rotation and from that bullpen that uh, that played key roles for you last year that you hope will play even bigger roles here this season. Well, yeah, that's exactly the case, uh, and I think that, uh, you know, as we go into this, we, we kind of feel as though 
our pitching maybe is going to be much improved. We we really spent a lot of time recruiting uh, on the mound. We got some good arms in, some power arms, some finesse guys. I think we I think we're very deep. Uh, and if these kids uh, can really execute on the mound, I mean, I really think we have the chance to have one of the best pitching staffs we've ever had, provided they are able to perform at the level we know they're capable of. So pitching ought to be, you know, maybe our strength this year. Chris Hanks, coach of the Maverick baseball team, uh, joining us. Uh, Mavericks uh, will get the season started at uh, Azusa Pacific, actually home against Azusa Pacific on February 9th. So uh, the Mavericks will uh, get that chance to to get things going over at uh, Bergman Field, at the, the Diamond at the Bergman Sports Complex. And so you had a nice stretch here, Chris, early on of, of home games, Azusa Pacific, uh, Southern New Hampshire. It's going to be a big one coming in. I know you and I have talked previously. That's, you know, number six team in the nation. Uh, those are some big games early on that you'll have over at the Diamond. Yeah, well, Azusa Pacific's a power program out of the West. They uh, they lost in the Super Regional in the West, just as we did in the South Central region. Uh, and then the next weekend, we play Southern New Hampshire. They finished fifth at the World Series last year and have a good amount of their club back. Uh, we go up to Northwest Nazarene, who lost in the regional championship game. And then later in the year on our bye week, we have Rollins University out of Florida uh, coming in. They finished third at the World Series. So, um, you know, from a non-league standpoint, uh, at least on paper, and the, the, those programs, we'll have our hands full. Hey, Chris, always appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Of course, we'll have Maverick Baseball on the Team CMU Sports Network here very, very soon. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Chris Hanks, coach of the Maverick Baseball team. They've now won 10 straight uh, RMAC championships. So it's uh, been, or 10 RMAC titles. It's been an impressive run, no doubt, for Colorado Mesa and Chris Hanks. So uh, once again, it all gets started February 9th over at the Diamond. And if you've not been, if you didn't make it last year to watch the Mavericks play at the Diamond at the Bergman Sports Complex, what a cool place, what a great venue, and make sure you get over there and watch Maverick Baseball this season. If you haven't been to the Diamond yet, uh, you're missing out on a great uh, experience watching Maverick Baseball uh, over on campus. All right, 9.30, Jim along with Buckeye Boy today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. Uh, Mike DeGeorge, Maverick men's basketball coach, will join us coming up in a few minutes. Fresh off their uh, upset of number 3 Black Hill State this last Friday. They head to Fort Lewis uh, coming up this Friday right here on the team CMU Sports Network. Let's get to this day in sports history. That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. All right, 1961, the Cincinnati Royals 22-year-old rookie sensation Oscar Robertson becomes the youngest player to receive NBA All-Star MVP honors. His 23 points, 14 assists, and a 153-131 to win for the West at Syracuse, New York. 1971, the first Super Bowl under the NFL-AFL merger ends with Baltimore rookie Jim O'Brien kicking a 32-yard field goal for a 16-13 win over the Dallas Cowboys. 1988, the Denver Broncos beat the Cleveland Browns for the second straight year in the AFC Championship game. Defensive back Jeremiah Castillo strips running back Ernest Biner at the Denver 3 with 65 seconds left in the game to preserve a 38-33 win. Strips. He dropped the ball. It's a fumble nonetheless, and it's a Denver win. Don't care how it's made, 
long as it don't care how it happens don't care how that souffle is made as long as it tastes good and it tasted good that day still couldn't believe he fumbled the football you're right he he he's Castillo just happened to be in the right place right time yeah he was the closest that's like a goal if a defender in exactly hockey, closest to the puck gets the credit 1995, the Rams announced they're leaving Southern California after 49 years and moving to St. Louis. Where are they now? Back in L.A. 1996, Detroit Steve Eiserman becomes the 22nd player in NHL history to score 500 goals as the Red Wings beat the Avalanche 3-2. to All right, that's this day in sports history. We'll take a break, and uh, we'll come back in a few minutes. Mike DeGeorge, Maverick men's basketball coach, will join us next on Mav Day on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Yeah, I think they're like the best on the radio. At least at the pro level, the best of the best. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Colorado Mesa men's hoops with Mavs coach Mike DeGeorge on the team. With us right now, the head coach of the Maverick men's basketball team, Mike DeGeorge. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Doing well, Jim. Thanks for having me. Well, you got to be feeling great today. Uh, weekend sweep. You go to Black Hills State. They're just the number three team in the nation at that time. You know, no big deal. You get a win there. You get a win against South Dakota Mines the next day. Uh, you just got to be thrilled with the way your team is playing right now. You're fourteen and three, nine and two in, in conference play, but getting that win at Black Hills State uh, with that, you know, they were undefeated going into that game. They had won thirteen straight. Uh, they they beat you last year in the South Central Region Championship game. You get some payback. You end their winning streak to start the season. Had to feel pretty good getting that win at Spearfish on Friday. Yeah, it did. You know they have uh, they got it going right now. They had I probably I think they said they had three thousand people there. The game was on uh, NBC, the local station. So everybody there is pretty excited. And um, you know we've been two evenly matched teams in my time here. We've had some great games and. Um, you know, it seems like the team that loses the last one always has a game plan for the next one and has a little bit of, a, of, a, of an upper hand. And so it worked out for us this time. And, you know, uh, obviously Blaze 3 was awesome and, and really carried us down the stretch when they just started isolating Joel Scott one-on-one the whole last 10 minutes of the game, drawing fouls about every possession. Yeah, Blaze was sensational. 26.6 rebounds. Also had a couple of assists. Hit a couple of threes in that game as well. Uh, he had 26, Mac Rineker had 18, 12-point effort from Trevor Baskin, 11 from Owen Kuntz. Uh, but I thought that one of the things that certainly was a, was a factor, you mentioned Joel Scott, you know, that he had 31 points. He certainly got his, but nobody else was in double figures, and that was huge. Matthew Ragsdale, of course, we talked about him, the transfer from Western Colorado. He only had four points in that game. Scott got his, but nobody else got theirs, and that was huge for your basketball team defensively. Yeah, that was the game plan. You know, we really just didn't want to let their shooters go off. And, not, you know, he had 31 points on 16 shots. So he had an incredibly efficient uh, night, Scott did. But he didn't have any assists, you know, and uh, their shooters didn't get any. They got some looks. You know, we had some breakdowns where they got some looks. But they were sporadic. And, you know, we were sagging off uh, Cissé, their great defender, and he had a couple of threes in that first half. But it also just sort of kept their shooters from getting looks, getting in a rhythm. And uh, just all around, I thought the guys did a great job executing that plan. And, and uh, you know, and, and it was just – we also needed to distribute fouls on Scott. You just can't play him with one guy all game because he just draws so many fouls. I think he drew nine or ten fouls in that game. 
And, you know, so we were able to distribute those fouls against four guys and, and give them different looks, and I thought that helped us as well. You know, and I thought some other, other key numbers, I mean, you scored 50 points in the paint, 11 points off turnovers, and you out-rebounded them by, I believe it was nine. So, I mean, those were all big numbers that, uh, that certainly were in your favor to win that game on Friday night. Yeah, and I think that, you know, our increased pace of our offense uh, has helped us get those points in the paint they tend to sag on us and just force us to make jump shots and in that NCAA tournament game we just couldn't make a shot and they weren't really guarding us and we were too iso oriented and so you know when you just move bodies around you just have better pace they just tend to close out more and that gave us more gaps to get in the paint and make plays and so you know 50 points in the paint for us went like the fact if you had told me we'd go five of 22 from the three-point line uh and she said hit two threes you know, I, I would have thought, well, that's not a good sign because he's only hit four all year and we're going to sag off of him. And then if we don't make any threes again, that's not good. So, But I thought the pace of our offense really allowed us to, to get the ball into the paint and have angles to finish. Colorado Mesa men's basketball coach Mike DeGeorge with us on the Team Sports Network. And then I think after you get a win like that, Mike, and you know, it's a, it's a great victory handing a team their first loss of the season. You get some revenge for the, the postseason last year, all those things that the next day it's tough for guys to play at that same intensity. And that's why you have to be thrilled with the way you guys came out and played against South Dakota Mines, as you mentioned, a, a much improved basketball team. You get the nine-point victory, 69-60. to 60. But the most important thing is you go there after that, that big crowd, the environment at Spearfish on, on Friday night, not as many people at, uh, at to watch the game on Saturday at uh, the King Center in Rapid City, but you go out and get a victory, get the weekend sweep, and that's the important thing was the way your team was still able to, to go in there and get a W after coming off such an emotional win. Yeah, it really was a grind. And I mean, just as the game was unfolding, it just felt like every bounce didn't go our way, and that's just like we just weren't quite in a rhythm at either end. The guys were trying hard. I mean, you could just see it. Uh, in them, and, uh, and it just wasn't pretty. But, you know, we battled, and the, the reality is, is you got to have a go-to guy uh, to win games on the road. And, you know, in both nights, Blaze just really stepped up down the stretch and made the plays to just, uh, you know, and, and, and at Black Hills hold on to that lead and at, uh, and at South Dakota Mines create that separation at the end. So, um, you know, it helps to have, have a guy like him uh, working for us. Colorado Mesa men's basketball coach Mike DeGeorge with us on the Team Sports Network. Now it's Fort Lewis and Durango on Friday night, Mike, and number 15 team in the nation right now. So you go from number three going into that game against Black Hill State to now number 15 in Fort Lewis. Uh, They lead the conference in scoring 87 points per game. You lead the conference in defense at 65, you know, and a half points per game. So something's got to give Friday night. Best defense, best offense when you face the Skyhawks. Yeah, they're very talented, and we actually scrimmaged them to start the year, and they put it to us in the first half pretty good. Um, and so they, they're, uh, they're a little different than anybody else in the league. They can put four guards out there that are all very quick, as quick as any guards in the league, can shoot it uh, at a high level from three and can put it on the floor and make plays for themselves and, and, and move the ball to each other. So that's a pretty unique skill set when you can do that, and then you – on top of that, they have uh, post play. You know, uh, Boatwright's still there at six nine. I don't know, two hundred and seventy pounds or something, and he moves well. Uh, he's a load inside, and then they got a stretch four who's six nine. 
and so you know they they have a lot of pieces and they're playing at a high level and and so it'll be it'll be every bit as big or bigger challenge than going to Black Hills. And Akil Cott for them, averaging 24 points per game. He's on the Bevo Francis watch list. Likewise, for Blaze Three for your ball club and Trevor Baskin as well. So that's that's a lot of impressive talent. Uh, those three guys in the Bevo Francis watch list, all on the floor coming up Friday night. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, he's a special talent, and he can really get going. And last year, you know, down the stretch, he just. He just really, even, you know, they had the great score, but uh, he kind of took over and became the centerpiece of their offense, and he has not taken his foot off the gas this year. He's having a great year, and he can just really score the basketball in isolation situations. So, you know, they do have that guy that can just go get a, a basket when they need it. And so it's kind of like the same thing with, uh, with Black Hills, is that you feel like you got to be up 10 going to those last five or six minutes uh, because it's going to get ISO-oriented, and it's just hard to stop their best score. When you look at, at the Fort Lewis roster, we mentioned Boatwright and what he means to that team in terms of his physical play in the paint. Who else on that basketball team, maybe from a perimeter standpoint, Mike, poses a challenge for your team? Well, all of their guards are just very quick, so it is a very big challenge. I mean, they just bring uh, – I'm going to struggle with a couple of the names here. Um, but uh, Junior Garbro is one guy who last year he was not in good shape and he didn't have a good year, and he has gotten himself in, in great physical condition, and he is scoring it. And, you know, they have uh, Obia Ogben is a guy that played with uh, the Spellers in high school and won a state championship with them, and he can really score, and he's a great athlete. And so they just uh, bring a number of guys in and, in their rotation. Uh, they have a transfer who led, uh, was one of the top scorers uh, in uh at uh, Western Missouri last year, and he can really score. And so they just have, you know, a number of talented guards uh, that they're going to have three of them on the floor all the time, and they do a small ball lineup where they play all four of them together, um, which has created a lot of problems for people. And so when you look right now at the standings, Conroe School of Mines, 10-1 in the conference, Fort Lewis, 9-1 and your opponent on Friday, Black Hills State, got a win against them, they're 8-1 and and you're 9-2. and and UCCS is right behind is behind you at, at seven and four a few games back. That I mean the the battle to, to host the Armac tournament. Uh, that I mean that's still very much there for your basketball team sitting at nine and two with the, of course mine still uh, coming up for you. Yeah, you know what we told the guys before this road trip. I'm like, this is the biggest road trip of the year, and if we went all four, we've got ourselves back uh, in the conference regular season race after you know. Putting up, making it pretty hard on ourselves, losing the first two at home. And um, so we'll see what we can get done on Friday night. And then obviously then we'll have that emotional turnaround and having to go over to uh, Westminster the following Tuesday, which is very challenging. But if we can get through this next stretch, you know, we're right in the thick of things. And just as an example, Black Hills, or excuse me, Fort Lewis, five of their last 12 games are against us. Uh, they have one game obviously with us this year on Friday. And then they still have to play uh, Mines and Black Hills twice each. So five of the last 12 against the other three of us. So, And we really will only, after Friday, we'll just have one more game at Mines against the top group. So uh, the schedule starts to work in our favor if we can have uh, a big a big next week. And, of course, we'll have Friday night's games, the men and the women from Durango, Wayland Gymnasium, women's pregame at 5.15. They'll tip it at 5.30, the men at 7.30 on 
Friday night here on the uh, Team CMU Sports Network, brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm Insurance, and of course Westminster on Tuesday for the Maverick basketball teams. Hey, Mike, congratulations. Uh, fantastic win for your team at Black Hills State, and a great weekend for your team as well. Best of luck coming up with Fort Lewis on Friday. Appreciate it, Jim. Thanks. Thank you. There's Mike DeGeorge, coach of the Maverick men's basketball team, and with us on Mav Day today. All right, at 946, Jim along with Buckeye Boy today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Jim Harbaugh is staying in Michigan. Is that a loss in terms of the Broncos? I think Harbaugh just being, and, and people have said that Harbaugh's matured a lot over the years. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I just think that with Dan Quinn, I guess there's comfort, in, in my opinion, in Dan Quinn, because he seems like he's a guy that's been to a Super Bowl as a head coach in a D.C. He's going to bring in somebody like, like a Brian Schottenheimer that knows how to work with Russ. He was a finalist for this job. Probably should have got the job the way things worked out with Nathaniel Hackett. I don't, I just, there was a lot of unknowns about Harbaugh, right? A lot of things yeah. that you're just not sure about how he's going to be, how long is he going to be Personality, there. Personality, his fit, how long he's going to be there. There's a lot of questions. Yeah. If you allow yourself to doubt the brain right. trust. Exactly. All right, got one from Ruben. Biner fumbled the ball, Castillo didn't strip it, and Krishna Koye fell down on his own. Atwater didn't hit him. Good See, show today. Ruben's got the idea. He knows what's up. Mike from Scottsdale. Good morning, muchachos. Brady can exit with his head held high after that performance. Sincerely, Brett Favre. Uh, one D-bag <laughs> candidate is out. One more to go. I hope that Sean Payton goes to L.A. I'm not giving up a first-round pick for that. Good morning, Mike from Scottsdale. Listening on the mobile app today. Right, sounds a little bitter there a little bit. About old uh, Tommy Seven Rings. And we got a text in regard to Cash Walker, mm-hmm. central tight end, who uh, tweeted out that he's going to sign with, yep. with Colorado Mesa. And it's the, the tweet there. Yeah, this is the actual tweet yep. that he sent out. First and foremost, I'd like to thank God for this opportunity and guiding me through the recruiting process. I want to thank my family. For all the sacrifices they have made for me, ultimately making me the young man I am today, I would also like to thank anyone along this journey that had believed in me. After creating great relationships with the staff, I am beyond blessed to say I'm committing to Colorado Mesa University to further my academic and athletic career. Mav up. Yeah, go get them. Like that. Good job, Gash. And we're planning on, as of right now, our normal show at the Blue Moon with Miles Cochaver Mm -hmm. and, and the other coaches talking about the recruiting class this year. So that's still kind of in the plan for National Letter of Intent Day. We'll give you more details. We'll get uh, a little bit closer to it. All right, 949, and it's time to uh, wrap it up with some garbage time today. We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Oh, I love trash. All right, do you have anything you want to lead off with? Uh, Lead off, no. I'm, I'm not to that point yet. I don't have anything. Let's you, put it that way. How about just how about you say you yeah. don't have anything? Nope, nothing. Super. I got bubkiss at this point. Great, great. Well, let's see. I'll see if I can step in here and fill Thanks. the void. 
Uh, the Chargers announcing a major change to their coaching staff. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And it signals that Brandon Staley will be back with the team in 2023. They fired offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi. Yes, the grandson of Vince Lombardi. They also terminated passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach Shane Day. So Scapegoats. Get your scapegoats here. Get your scapegoats. I mean, they, they blew a 27-point lead. How much is that is on Lombardi and Shane Day? So, mm-hmm. Somebody's got to go, right? Somebody's got to be sacrificed. Not Brandon Staley. Also, I don't know if you, but you didn't watch Manning Cast. You were watching. I was watching the game itself, Prime version. Yeah. The um, when Brett Mahar missed the uh, mm-hmm. missed the extra points, the four the four extra points. Manning lost it. Peyton did when Mahar lost missed his third extra point. Peyton saying, "Can you cut a guy at a halftime of a playoff game?" Just go for two at that point. The rest of the way, right? <sighs> yeah, I, w- I would think so. That that was rough to watch. Yeah. And then there was the shot of Dak Prescott just losing his mind. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of agree with Ross Tucker that that's hard to watch because you know that guy's like an actual person and he's got a mom and he's got a wife. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's a human being. And they're watching him struggle in front of millions of people, probably having hit the worst day of his professional yeah. life. Setting an NFL record in the worst possible way. Yeah. I mean, you could have a crappy day at work, but it's not on national TV, you know? That's a little different. In a playoff game. Fortunately, mm-hmm. they blew out the Bucks last night. Yeah. But so, it should have been more than what, a 17-point victory. Right. Does he deserve criticism because he's a professional football player that wasn't very good at football yesterday? Yes. But still, there's a little bit of, man, I feel for that guy. That's that's a rough day. Also, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I do have uh, offensive coordinator moves in the NFL if you're, yeah, if you're interested. I am. Washington Commanders. Get some guys ready to uh, battle for that punting position. Pat Shermer, oh, the new OC, oh, oh. going to bring in Trevor Simeon and Teddy Bridgewater. Who needs Carson Wentz? Run, <laughs> run, incomplete punt. Oh, good luck, Commanders. Good luck with that one. You're going to need it. Oh, anything else? Uh, not just yet. Is that okay? Apparently, there's a mural in Dallas of Luka Doncic. Okay. Mavs owner Mark Cuban, not well, a fan of well, it. Early yet? Of having a mural? Of Luca? Yeah. Yeah, you know, let's Dirk? At least he, you know, ran a parade through that city. Well, he is a star, though, in the league. Okay. He's their biggest, he's the face of the franchise now. But anyway, regardless of why it's up, yeah. thank you for taking me off course here. Mark Cuban, Mavs owner. Not a fan yeah. of it, because the mural is of Luka Doncic holding up a sign that says, please send help. I can imagine why that Mark Cuban is not a fan of that sign. He calls it disrespectful, but it's your choice to do what you want. It's the way you want to be a fan. 
Go for it. Okay, let's just be frank here. Let's. It's disrespectful to Mark Cuban because he's the owner. He didn't say anything there about the sign being wrong. And that Luca does does need help. Yeah, it's... it's, I'm sure sure Luca's going, it's it's pretty true. It's pretty spot on. Like, give that guy... Luca averages 33 and 9 and 8.8 assists. Who else on that team can shoot? Spencer Dinwiddie? Okay, he's got 16 a night. Kenley Wright's on that team, another former buff. Yeah. I play in a ton, but he's out there. Give him some run. But, I mean, the the Mavericks would be the Nuggets if if Nikola didn't have the Blue Arrow or MPJ. But, I mean, think think how good the Mavericks would be if they had, if Luka Doncic had complimentary players like Nikola Jokic does. Yeah, exactly. That would be great. Put put a couple, put the buffs together. Luka and the buffs. See what happens. Yeah, exactly. All right, Avs voice Connor McGay. He will join us on tomorrow's program. CSU voice Brian Roth as well. And uh, also, he's the coach of the uh, District 51 Phoenix Girls Wrestling Team. Chad Dare will join us. Get an update on, on the Phoenix Wrestling Team. Jim Rome's up next. For the Buckeye Boy, I'm Jim. Thanks for joining us on the Team Sports Network.